You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Kentucky Podcast. We bring you info and insights on UK football and basketball every weekday. Stay informed by making us part of your morning or afternoon commute. Listen and follow for free on Apple or Google Podcast. Just subscribe to Locked On Kentucky. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56 along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. And uh, we were just talking a minute ago, Kyle. When you, if, you, if you listen to this show right here, I mean, you're, you're a... You're a UK insider. You, you get caught up on everything you know need to know UK-wise uh, in 30 minutes. I'm okay. biased, but I think so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you definitely do. We, we get deep into it. So, like, I've got some friends uh, that are we're in a kind of a group chat to where when UK plays, uh, like one lives in Cleveland, one lives in Baltimore, one lives in um, uh, Charlotte, one lives uh, – in D.C. So, I mean, so all these different, you know, people that went to school here uh, that I still keep in touch with, and they they really just, when U.K. is on somewhere, they'll be like, oh, hey, and we'll text back and forth about the game. But, you know, they don't, on a daily basis, you know, they don't, they don't, can't pay attention to it. They don't have time to pay attention to it. So on their commute, you know, on a train or on a uh, driving or whatever, they can you can catch up on it not just like what was the score, but what's going on. You know, yeah, yeah that's our that's always been our goal. Is you know, yeah. people that as the name indicates on the whole network, it's you know somewhere you go every day to get your fix on your program, and in the span in the time it takes you to make a long drive to work, you're you're caught up, or you have a you know jog two three miles on the treadmill, you're caught up. Exactly. Um, you know, and hopefully, hopefully that's what it is for people. I'm glad to glad that that's been some of the feedback we've gotten, and we'll keep doing it, man. It's fun. Well, it's uh, it was a fun night in college basketball. Um, and Kentucky plays, you know, Vanderbilt Wednesday at six thirty, early kind of tip off. They've they've done one before uh, that was at six thirty, but anyway, it's I mean Kentucky's favored by twenty one points. I think is the last I saw and. We know Vanderbilt's streak. What did you say? They had lost 29 of the last 30? Yeah, it's a 24 straight regular season. I believe losing this game against Kentucky would give them the record, either tie yeah. or, or break the record. It would break but, the record, yeah. Uh, but that doesn't even account for the tournament. So they lost their la- they lost the tournament game uh, two seasons ago, then lost every single game last season, including their one tournament game. Uh, and then the first six this year. So total, they've lost 26 games in a row against SEC teams and 29 out of 30. It is yeah. it, it is outrageously bad. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and so, so you know, <laughs> they're not Kentucky, – if Kentucky loses this game, then uh, just scrap everything that we thought we knew about them. It would be a horrible loss, almost worse than the Evansville loss. Someone corrected me on Twitter because I think I called it Swanee College because I really – I'm. I'm ignorant when it comes to Swanee. I just, you know, but uh, she just said it is commonly referred to as Swanee, but it's actually the University of the South. Oh, right. Yes. Yes. In, yes. in Swanee, oh, ha, ha. Tennessee. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Um, I was not aware of that. But yeah, they, they're the ones that held the record. Uh, they did it 1938 to 1940. And so now Vanderbilt's about to, to break it and suffer their 25th consecutive regular season uh, conference loss. And Kentucky has beat them, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six times in a row. 
The last time Kentucky lost to Vanderbilt was uh, in in Memorial uh, Gymnasium down there in February of 2016. But, I mean, I have seen uh, – we've seen it both ways, but I witnessed in the Gillespie era – what was that one? Ninety-three to fifty-two. I was at that game. That was that was a that, loss. That was yeah. It was Kentucky wow. lost. That was February twelfth of two thousand eight. Um, and they had played a month earlier, four weeks before. They had played at Rupp Arena, and Kentucky won seventy-nine seventy-three in double overtime in Rupp Arena. And then a month later, went to to Nashville. And Kentucky lost ninety three wow. to fifty two. Uh, we were blown away. And you make that drive to Nashville, and I think it was a nine o'clock tip off, and there was snow, and so oh, you're wow. driving home, and um, it what it a waste, some, like a waste of time. <laughs> yes, it, but it, I mean it was historic. I think it was one yeah. of the worst losses in Kentucky SEC uh, history. Billy was good for a few of those. Yeah, and I think that might have. Uh, no, I, I guess that was just Billy's first year, so he still had a little bit of a, well, it's still Tubby's fault. And so right. he, he had a little bit of that going for him uh, until the next season, and then we know how it all turned out after that. But, um, yeah, after Calipari came along, I think, didn't he hand Vanderbilt like one of their worst losses ever? Uh, well, that- I mean, it was just last year that they were absolutely demolishing Vanderbilt in Nashville at halftime. Uh, I have to pull that. Oh, 87-52. 87-52, yeah. I'm trying to remember. The halftime score was so, something outrageous. It was like one of the worst uh, halftime deficits and lowest scoring outputs by Vanderbilt in their history. Um, it was just comically bad. I got to look. 20 would have been I thought maybe the 2015 team destroyed them. But oh, no, I'm sure they did. Yeah, I'm sure they did. It but, wasn't as uh, bad as I thought it was, though. No, wasn't that bad. Um, let's see. Or 2012 team. Yeah, here we go. 87-52. It was <laughs> – I forgot how awful – I mean, this is incredible. 45-15 to 15 at halftime. 45-15. to 15. Yeah. Wow. 45-15. to 15. I remember my dad and brother-in-law were in town uh, – or not in town. They live there uh, near Nashville, and they, they came to the game – and there was usually when Kentucky comes to town, there's one, a bunch of Kentucky fans, but two, you know, Vanderbilt fans show up and it's a big game and it's always a good environment in there. This game, it was like a good number of Kentucky fans showed up, but not the normal number and no Vanderbilt fans showed up. It was empty. And then it got even emptier when they were getting blitzed at halftime. And so the second half, I, you know, I don't have to write, like I don't have to file at the buzzer, the beauty of this job working at the athletic. Yeah. I don't have to, you know, I'm not like scribbling down every single play and all that. A lot of what I do is just more big picture or taking the time to figure out what the story is after the game. So I went up in the second half and just sat in the stands with my dad. And like I had, we had like an entire like row to ourselves and the whole row in front of us was empty. So I had my feet up on the back of another chair and (laughs) it was just such a weird experience. I mean, there's no doubt Kentucky was going to win. There was no intrigue at all. I just sat there and hung out with my dad. It was fun. Well, the maybe the worst loss. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't have uh, like the worst loss in history in front of me, but it, it could be. It may be. Was like in two thousand three. That was when Tubby Smith had a team that went and won. I want to say twenty six or twenty seven consecutive games. 
that 03 team uh, with like Cliff Hawkins and, and those guys, but they beat Vanderbilt in Rupp Arena 106 to 44. Wow. 106 to Gosh. 44. <laughs> There's yeah. Kentucky's got some beatdowns like that. Uh, that and that was March. People. They were like uh, just about to enter uh, the SEC tournament and then the NCAA tournament after that. But, <clears throat> excuse me, that uh, that Kentucky team, it's going to bother me now. I've got to find out that 03 team, who they lost to. I'm trying to remember. We'll take a break. We'll, we need to jump into a break. We'll do it. Take a break, and then we'll we'll get back into this when the Lockdown Kentucky podcast continues. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. Okay, we're back here on the Locked On Kentucky podcast, and I thought this. I'm, I thought this, but I didn't want to say it and be wrong because you'll you know when you're wrong about stuff, you get crucified on social media. So <laughs> what? I wanted to make sure I didn't misspeak, but yes, the Marquette game. The 2003 Kentucky basketball team, they won 26 in a row. Uh, they they lost at Louisville by 18, right, before they yep. ripped off 26 in a row? And yes, they, and by the way, in that span, they absolutely destroyed Vanderbilt three times. They beat them by 22, by uh, 40, uh, sorry, by 62. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> that, that score can't be right, that they won by 106 62. 106 to 44. 106 yeah. to 44. So by 22, by 62, and then in, and then turned around like a week and a half later in the SEC tournament and beat them by 18. So they beat them by an, a combined 102 points. Yeah. <laughs> in one season, they beat one team by 102 points. And then they go into the NCAA tournament on that long win streak and they they go up against Marquette, a Marquette team that had Dwayne Wade. Coached and, by the lovable Tom Crean. Yep. And Dwayne Wade had a triple-double in that game against Kentucky. And I remember I and was – And who got hurt? Somebody got hurt that really impacted that game, right? It was uh, well before my time. Yeah, right. Keith Bogans. Um, that's, that that's one of the all-time what-ifs for Kentucky basketball because they were probably, you know – indisputably the best team in the country that year. Oh, they were. They were playing really well. The guard play of Keith Bogans and Gerald Fitch uh, and Cliff Hawkins, the point guard, was really sharp. And then the inside guys were Chuck Hayes and Eric Daniels. And Chuck and Eric just had kind of a just a simpatico uh, thing going on there in the paint where they were just so good at getting the ball to each other. Uh, and Marquise Estel uh, was a senior on that team from, from Madison Central uh, High School in Richmond. Uh, Jules yeah. Kamara, another guy who was a senior, who was a good guy. Kalina Azabuki was a freshman on that team. Uh, yeah, Antoine started, Barber was a wing guy who could shoot the ball really well. They started that season 17th in the rankings in the AP poll. They ended number one in the final poll before the NCAA tournament. Yeah, so um, I remember here's here's how I watched that game. I went to uh, – I was covering high school – like I still do – covering high school sports um, at that time, and I went to the Sweet 16 – girls' Sweet 16 basketball tournament in Bowling Green and was covering it there. And we went to this restaurant there that was like – I want to say it's called Toots. It's like a Hooters knockoff. I'd never seen one of these before. But, it, like, you walk in and it look, everything looks <laughs> like Hooters. And then it's called something like Toots or Toots or something. It might be, like, Tootsies or something. I don't yeah, know. something along those lines. And, uh, yeah, we watched 
We watched Dwayne Wade have his triple-double right there. Um, yeah, that one's a heartbreaker for Kentucky. Yeah. But, hey, I mean, it it was one of those moments that also gave us Dwayne Wade, you know, nationally. I mean, obviously he was a great player already, but that was his arrival. Um, and it's the one one value of college sports in terms of what it gives to the NBA is, like, it makes these guys stars before they get there, which the high school thing, you know, straight from high school can – can water that down a little bit. It is the one thing that the NBA, you know, benefits from having a having these guys have to go to college is, you know, Dwayne Wade is was a much bigger star by the time he went to the NBA because he'd had that incredible game against Kentucky in the NCAA tournament to go to the final four. Right. Yeah. 83-69 was the final score of that game. Okay. Well, we'll move on from This all really ties into Vanderbilt for you guys. <laughs> But we don't care about Vanderbilt because, I mean, like we would be wasting our breath to spend a lot of time talking about it. I mean, look, if, yeah, if, Vanderbilt, if Vanderbilt pulls it off, incredible upset and a, a horrific loss for Kentucky. But it would be, it would be an, an abject disaster if that happened. They should win that game and, to, and therefore set up a great game Saturday that, that Auburn managed to not – somehow managed to not screw up tonight yeah uh at Ole Miss in a crazy crazy game double overtime Auburn won in double overtime a game that it trailed by 19 in the second half by 17 with 12 minutes to go by 10 with six minutes to go in regulation yeah and they won in double overtime so they will they'll be 18 and 2 uh going into college game day coming to town and Kentucky coming to town Saturday well I was looking at that game going uh, like I didn't even I wasn't paying attention until I saw it was halftime, 37-20. I'm like, what? So then I tune in, and I've got to see, you know, what in the world is going on in Oxford. And then on top of that, um, you know, I'm thinking, well, if this this doesn't set up as well, obviously, as a game and college game day, if Auburn goes and lays an egg at Ole Miss getting caught looking ahead to Kentucky. And um, with five minutes to go, uh, Brian Tyree, Ole Miss's star. They're, they're everything on offense. He fouls out with like five minutes to go. And he doesn't – and they don't score – they don't have another field goal. Ole Miss – no one else scores. I mean, they have um, free throws, but Ole Miss doesn't have another field goal like the rest of the way. And that's that's why it winds up going to overtime. Hold on, I've got some ad playing. <laughs> I can't hear it on my end. Uh, anyway, I don't know if you guys could hear that, but oh my God. All right, I've just got to get out of it. I just got to get out of this. You can't like look at a web without like an ad just automatically playing. Guys, that's it. why you should subscribe to The Athletic because there will not be a single pop-up ad. Not one, not one trash thing that comes up that you don't want in your window. It's great. ESPN yeah. drives me insane. I, I go there I while we're doing this podcast looking for looking up stats, and if you go to a bio of some guy's stat page, a video cranks up and starts blasting. It happened That's... actually in the press conference, in a press conference the other day. It was very <laughs> embarrassing. Well, it just happened to me. But anyway, uh, my point was that uh, Ole Miss had their, you know, their best player foul out with five minutes to go, and that hurt him pretty bad, and Auburn makes that run. And the end of um, regulation was sloppy. The end of the first uh, overtime was really sloppy. And then uh, the end of the uh, second overtime uh, was 
It was sloppy too, but <laughs> yeah, it, it didn't uh, it didn't make you think that Auburn is a great execution team down the stretch. But by them winning, you know they stay on track being a, a team that's eighteen and two uh, that stays up there as a, a potential opportunity for Kentucky. Had they lost, it would still be a good opportunity for Kentucky. But obviously their their rating stays up a little higher by winning on the road, even though it was against Ole Miss. Yeah, and it would have been, you know, it would have dinged them a little bit. This it helps in terms of you know, how quality of a win would it be to get Saturday uh, at Ole Miss. The other thing, I, I you know, <laughs> Auburn managed to win a game that it shot thirty eight percent, had nineteen turnovers, and again was down nineteen in the second half. Somehow won that game. And Bruce Pearl said afterward, "I have no idea how we won that game." Um, I have no idea how Bruce Pearl sweats as much as he does. I've never seen anyone in my life sweat as much as that man. It was, oh, it was he, insane. Yeah. He disgustingly sweated through his uh, through his jacket. By the way, Auburn only scored 20 points in the first half. They were down 30-20, yeah. 37-20 uh, at, the, at the half. Um, and then the other, just an, from an individual basis, you know, as we look forward to Saturday, uh, it'll be crazy in there. A guy that Bruce Pearl has talked about since preseason, he was a top 50 recruit, Isaac Okoro, 6'6", 220-pound yeah. freshman. You know, he was saying he's, he's a monster. I, I think he'll be one of the best guys in the, in the league day one. I mean, Pearl pretty much, you know, heaped all this pressure on the kid and expectation just by saying just outright, he's going to be great. I'm telling you, he's going to be great. Well, I guess he saw what we're seeing now because he is great. Um, and tonight wasn't his best game by any stretch, but he had 14 points, nine rebounds, three assists, two steals, and a block that clinched the game at the end. He had an uh-huh. and one. Uh, at one point, I think Auburn was down five in the overtime, uh, second overtime, and he had an and one and then blocked a shot that basically clinched the game uh, for Auburn. He played 44 minutes as a freshman on the road. Yeah. Um, he's been terrific all season. He's going to be a, a matchup problem for Kentucky uh, I think he's the guy you really have to watch in that game. You know, I think McCormick and Dowdy, the two veteran guards that were on the played major minutes on the Final Four team last year, they've right. been really good. But I, you know, I think Kentucky has a clear edge even then uh, in the backcourt. But I think a guy like Okoro could be a mismatch for him. Um, you know, he's the one spot where I could see them. You say, you know, advantage Auburn just in a straight up, you know, go down the lineup. Um, yeah, because you're going to have to put EJ and, and Keon are going to have to be the two guys that would – because I, I don't know how Emmanuel quickly can handle him. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not sure. I mean, he's so, he's so big, you know. Yeah. I mean, he's like, a, he's like a 6'6 power forward yeah. um, that I don't know you want to – as good a, good a defender as quickly as I don't know you want to try to throw him at that kid. We'll talk some more SEC basketball when the Locked On Kentucky podcast continues. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Kentucky is a great way for your local business to reach passionate UK fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with UK fans in a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com forward slash advertising 
and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve locked on advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcasts.com forward slash advertising. And we look forward to hearing from you. This is Locked On Kentucky. Your team every day. Okay, we're back here on the Locked On Kentucky podcast. And right before we went to break, we were talking about Isaac, uh, Isaiah Okoro from Auburn, who is a uh, physical specimen and a really good player. Uh, another guy who we've known about it's, he, is Reggie Perry. I just, that's so funny. I just pulled up his his uh, stat right? page because I was looking at that Auburn or that Florida score tonight. Yeah, yeah, great minds think alike. But Reggie Perry, I've seen him play several times, and he is impressive. He 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 can disappear at times. Uh, Tuesday night was not one of those times. He had a really nice game against Florida and Mississippi State. That's my sleeper team, I guess. If you want to pick a team that I think has uh, as much upside as anyone in that that tier below. Uh, Auburn, Kentucky. Uh, I look at Mississippi State, and this this is showing me that they go on the road into Gainesville and and win down there, seventy eight seventy one. I just really like that team. That like the ceiling for them, especially with that Reggie Perry. He is a beast, so yeah. athletic. I thought that that you know I I think I picked them to go to the NCAA tournament in the preseason. I wrote a one of our we did state of the program stories just on kind of the big picture of basically everybody in the league and I one of mine that I was assigned was Mississippi State and I I felt like they were going to be really good largely because Reggie Perry came back he could have gone in the draft I think he would have been drafted I believe he was a McDonald's All-American I know he was a five-star recruit he had a really nice freshman season but he came back as a sophomore 6'10 250 talk about guys Kentucky's going to have to deal with um, when they play them Mm -hmm. he's averaging 16.4 points 10.1 rebounds uh, he, he can actually shoot the three. He went three of three from three tonight as a 6'10", 250 dude, 27 and eight, career high 27 points. Uh, a win at Florida. You know, Florida just can't get it together. And, mm-hmm. and now Mississippi State, after a rocky start, has won four of the last five, and their only loss was at Oklahoma in the Big, Ten, Big 12 Challenge by a point. Um, and he didn't play well in that game. Uh, I believe he got in foul trouble. But uh, he, he scored 20. He had 26 and 13 in a win over Arkansas a couple weeks ago. He had 22, 12, and six assists in a win over Georgia. He had 23 and 10 in a win over Missouri. Um, Reggie Perry is a beast, and uh, and I do I agree with you. If you're if you're trying to find out of that that muddled group after the very top of the SEC, out of that kind of muddled middle, who's somebody that'll come out and be a, a legitimate NCAA tournament team? Mississippi State, I think, is, is is as good a bet as anybody right now. And they're headed here to Rupp Arena next Tuesday. That's the uh, that's the game one week from uh, Tuesday night, tonight, um, I guess, when we're recording this. Uh, Kentucky and Mississippi State at 8 o'clock. So you got Auburn on Saturday. Then you've got Mississippi State coming to Rupp Arena. And then Kentucky goes to Tennessee the following Saturday. Tennessee – was at Thompson Bowling Arena Tuesday night and lost to Texas A&M, 63-58. Uh, so they're reeling a little bit, are the Volunteers, while Texas A&M, they keep going up and down, up and down, but they, they're up right now. Uh, and then the other game uh, in the SEC Tuesday night was Georgia going to Missouri and losing 72-69. Those, those two teams are 
complete non-factors. The other the other story is, from that Tennessee game is Rick Barnes getting bumped by an official. Uh, have you seen this? I know no, you didn't get home to late. Uh-uh. Rick Barnes got bumped by an official, and it's the same official who I think in Vegas maybe uh, had that interaction with – uh, Ashton Hagens, where he's like rolling his eyes at Ashton Hagens. Uh, I don't know if you remember that video uh-huh. clip that came out. Yes. It's the same official. This guy bumps into Rick Barnes. Barnes is just standing there. He never moves on the sideline. And the official plows into his shoulder and then whips around and like blames Rick Barnes for uh, making contact with him. Uh, I mean, it, it's really bizarre to watch. And I, and I, I think Rick Barnes said after the game, I saw a headline come across that he's asking the conference to look into that, uh, what happened there, because it's gotten completely out of control. In addition to officiating being what feels like at an all-time low, uh, just a mess, we also have way too many officials who've decided, thanks probably to TV Teddy Valentine, um, right. that if you act like an ass – you can become a household name. <laughs> you know, I mean, it feels like that's a, it's a competition now. Um, you know, it's reality TV. If I if I uh, you know if I if I do something dramatic, I'll end up uh, on everybody's social media feeds. And this guy did, but he just looks like a clown. I mean, he plows into Rick Barnes and then whips around and criticizes yeah. Rick Barnes for it. Um, so that was the other dramatic thing that happened tonight in the SEC. Well, Barnes isn't even looking at the official. You I'm see watching, it. You see the yeah. Clip I'm watching now? it now, and I mean, Barnes isn't even looking at the official. He's looking at, like past him, uh, and and he's not arguing with the official. No, he's just staring off into the him. distance, and this guy bumps into him. Yeah, I mean, it looks like the the official is is wanting Rick to like, okay, move out of the way. I'm walking towards you, and instead he bumps him, and then uh, yeah, it's it's, it's absurd. It, it is, is absurd. absurd. Yeah, I. Uh, I don't know. I got I got no time for that. Nobody's here to see you. <laughs> Officials. <laughs> exactly. No doubt about it. Um, one note on Kentucky football. Uh, Kentucky got its first uh, commitment for the 2021 class. Uh, a guy named Devin Williams out of Dublin, Ohio, a linebacker. Um, that uh, oh, I don't know what he rates right now. I can't remember what the uh, what the rating was for him, but uh, four stars, I'm sure. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Who knows? They had, they had like crazy um, three star. He's a three star linebacker, outside linebacker, six foot one, two hundred and fifteen pounds, and you know D- Ohio. You know that recruiting base continues there, but um, uh, he had offers from Arkansas, Indiana, Iowa State, Akron. Uh, so Kentucky jumps in there. And grabs him for 2021. And then there was some other news that there's a kid named Air. Um, oh, I can't remember his last name. He's like an eighth grader, a middle school quarterback that Kentucky just offered. And his first name is Air? That's like his nickname. Oh, nickname, yeah. Air mm-hmm. Bud. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a puppy who can really pass. Yeah. Um, not going to go too far yeah. into that one. Because, nope. Uh, nope. Um, I think I'll just pass on the, on the eighth grader. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I was going to mention that's totally unrelated to really anything, uh, Kentucky. Well, I, it's not totally. Um, a couple, a couple of really cool Kobe Bryant-related things that happened mm. tonight. Uh, one, um, Sierra Canyon. This is the one way it does relate to Kentucky, where BJ Boston, Kentucky signee, five-star, who moved up. I don't even remember. I, I think we we failed to mention this last night. Um, 
I'll do I'll do this first. Uh, the rivals rankings were updated uh, for the 2020 class, and BJ Boston moved up like 14 spots to number four uh, in the class of 2020, and Terrence Clark number five. Two other they have two other five stars: Devin Askew and Isaiah Jackson, like 26 and 27. I think Lance Ware moved up to 34 ish, and uh, Cameron Fletcher is in the mid 40s. Um, but B.J. Boston has is, is been on a tear this senior year, and he's up to number four in the class, according to Rivals. He plays for the loaded Sierra Canyon team that's got LeBron's kid and Dwayne Wade's kid and all these other right. blue-chip recruits. Uh, and so they're obviously out there in California, uh, connected very much to the Lakers and the NBA. Um, and they wore Kobe Bryant T-shirts at the start of the game uh, over their jerseys, and the other team took a 24-second, as many NBA teams have done, a 24-second violation um, to start the game to honor Kobe Bryant. LeBron was in the building. Um, that was a, a very nice thing. And then a couple crazy uh, things, just sort of like if you believe in, uh, I don't know, uh, the universe. Yeah, the universe, <laughs> I guess you'd say. A high school kid, uh, I don't even know where it was, uh, but I just saw the video. A high school kid whose idol was Kobe Bryant wearing a number 24 jersey tonight to honor him in a tie game with a few seconds left. The crowd starts chanting Kobe, 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 and the kid wearing the 24 Kobe jersey hits a falling down game-winning three-pointer at the buzzer. Oh, wow. Amazing. Uh, and then the other thing, Joel Embiid, they honored yeah. Kobe tonight in Philly, where he's from. They put the number 33 on the floor, which is was his number at Lower Marion there in Philadelphia in high school. And then Joel Embiid wore number 24 and hit his final shot of the game was a Kobe Bryant turnaround fadeaway jumper. And by hitting that, he ended up with 24 points and eight rebounds which Kobe's two numbers yeah. that he wore in the NBA, 24-8. and eight. Really cool. There's some really cool stuff. Uh, you know, I don't know if I buy the universe, you know, conspiring to make all that happen or Kobe Bryant from the, from the beyond uh, pulling the puppet strings. But even still, it was just a cool thing to see. And then the, the other thing I'd tell people, if you haven't seen the TNT special about Kobe Bryant, or some of the clips, find yeah. at least some of the clips that are on there. The NBA on TNT, their like Twitter account has been tweeting out clips, and Bleacher Report as well, partners with them. Some incredibly moving stuff from Shaquille O'Neal, who obviously was a brother of his, um, and Jerry West, who's had a couple of interviews that have just been heartbreaking. Um, Kenny Smith, I thought, did an incredible job mm-hmm. laying out why the, the father aspect of it, the, the, the idea that... What's so heartbreaking is Kobe was basically in a, in a minivan, except it was a helicopter. He was being the soccer dad, mm-hmm. and they were the, the soccer moms and dads that perished with their kids in this helicopter crash, just doing the thing that all of us are doing, trying to support our kids and, and hoping that by spending that time that so often you kind of roll your eyes and go, oh, do I have to get out of bed on Saturday and do this? That The whole point is you're hoping to make a memory with your kids at last and that that's the saddest you know, the coolest thing about what Kobe was trying to do in his second act as a dad after basketball, but also the saddest part about that story. So I would I would recommend that people um, go find that and check it out. And, hey, man, 
Don't doubt the cosmos, man. <laughs> cosmos is real, dude. Uh, yeah, right? it could be. <laughs> the, we we need to get the the Dan Reefer that does the uh, all the uh, ad reads for uh, the stuff, the place that has the stuff for the things you like. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Before we go, we also have to to tell you you should uh, check out Mike Shashevsky because uh, most of you listening to this podcast absolutely hate Duke and hate Mike Krzyzewski, uh, and he shows why he's such an ass in front of everybody <laughs> at home at Cameron Indoor Stadium. He thinks that uh, the students are saying something awful to Pittsburgh coach Jeff Capel, who, of course, played for Krzyzewski at Duke. And was and an assistant saying, there. Yeah, and an assistant there. And Capel's, they're just saying, Jeff Capel, sit with us or something, you know, chant like that. And and Krzyzewski loses it. I mean, he loses it on them. He's beating his chest, screaming at him, and and the looks on the students' faces were like, woo, 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 woo. You know, they're yeah. they're shocked because this dude's going off for no good reason, and it's it's grumpy old man at its best. And and the the best thing about it is that Krzyzewski looks like a complete ass. So that's uh, that should brighten up your. Uh, your Wednesday, if you're if you're having a rough day. <laughs> Happy Wednesday, everybody. Enjoy Happy your commute. Wednesday. Follow us on Twitter. I am at D-R-I-E-F-F-E-R, and Kyle is at? Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. You are Locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked on Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.